Hi, and welcome to Math Amusings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math Amusings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math Amusings. Today's date is Friday, July 22nd, 2022. It's 722-22. I, number, I love it when the numbers line up like that. I realize, I mean, it happens once a month. It, like this year, it happens on every 22nd of the month. Eh, but for it to be a Friday and also for it to be the 22nd, which matches the year, uh, it, it's kind of cool. It's worth mentioning. Plus, it lets me run the uh, theme song for a little bit longer. Dan will be happy. Saxophone comes in here. So today is season two, episode number 29. You probably knew that already. And uh, we're just coming off the uh, All-Star break, the Midsummer Classic. Of course I would be talking about the All-Star game. Um, now, when I was a kid, and the decades before that too, the All-Star game in Major League Baseball was like the premier event of the summer. I get, like It was right up there with the 4th of July. Now, in recent years, less so. Just overall, baseball has become less popular through the past few decades. And also, there's just so many other distractions on TV. And also, it's like, if you don't have cable, how do you even watch the All-Star game? Like, there's there's ways to do it. Uh, I'm not going to give promotion to any one particular uh, streaming service over another, but th- there are ways to do these things, even without your traditional cable wire coming out of your wall. Um, but All-Star game, just it's not what it used to be. And I'll be honest, I'm not the baseball fan I used to be either. I used to be so obsessed with uh, the game and the players and the stats when I was a kid. Now, with more distractions, less so. Like me on a personal level, well, I have a job and a wife and a mortgage. And on on a broader level where there's YouTube and Twitter and Snapchat and other distractions, some of which help us follow the game and others with distract us from the game. Like, yeah, it's cool to see the players mic'd up or like seeing people post on Twitter or like live tweet the game. Um, but you start looking at Twitter and then all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, 14 levels deep onto some other subject. Now I am recording this after the game. I know I usually like to record podcasts early, like not that I have to get it out of the way, but it's like uh, it's it's nice to have your podcast done and in the can before you know the deadline. Deadline's Friday at midnight. I waited until after the game. I can tell you the American League won its ninth straight game. Now that would have been a 50-50 shot anyway. Um, John Carlos Stanton hit a home run, won the MVP. Um, th- there have been like that. I mean. Him hitting a home run, that, that's not that far off, but uh, it's less likely. I would have recorded multiple versions of this for that to be true. There's been at least three different eras of All-Star Game winning streaks. There's like In the early days of the All-Star Game, goes back to 1933, by the way, that's even before my time, the American League dominated. And then... Uh, starting in about 1950, I know there's there was several 
decades, from like 1950 to late 80s, like when I started watching these games, the National League dominated. And I don't know if this is they had better players or they cared more, they played more as a team or what it was. National League style was just better equipped for all-star games. They won uh, at least like something like 30 out of four, even better than 30 out of four. They were winning more than 75% of the time. And then in recent years, the American League has, has picked it up again. As I say, they've won nine in a row. Um, though, I'll admit, I'm looking at the rosters and it's like, I don't even know half these guys. And, and I've mentioned this before because I'm old. And I have, I have other distractions out there. Uh, one of... Um, my distractions is, of course, my, my family and, like, my child. Speaking of children, I'm, like, looking at the rosters, and it's, and it's oh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and it's, like, or the, you know, top couple picks in the draft this year were, like, sons of players from when I was growing up. I remember there was at one point, I think it was a Blue Jays game, it was, like, their entire infield was made up of uh, sons of former major leaguers. Or I think at least three out of four. I don't know. It's there at michaelconnelljr.com. You can you can check that out. Um, thank goodness for the the so-called legacy picks. The Albert Pujols is the only player. I, I think he was the only player who was older than I am. Like thank goodness for him. Um, getting into the game, although he was, uh, um, well, he was in the All Star in the All Star game and the home run derby too, taken out by one of the youngins. One of the few. Young players that I know, Juan Soto, because he works down the street from me at this place called Nationals Park. Um, Soto, winner of the Home Run Derby, youngest ever winner by a day. If you caught that one, he's one day younger, young, younger than Juan Gonzalez was in 1993 when he won the Home Run Derby, and and I remember that like it was yesterday because. For me, like 1993, that's that's high time for me to be watching the game. This I was 11 years old, and when you're a kid, you're like you're looking up to these players as as heroes and idols. You don't even realize that these guys are only like a few years older than you are. Let's say you know, somebody might be 21; that they're only they're only 10 years older than you are. It's not that much in when you're looking at an entire life. Um, Home Run Derby, I will say, is one thing that has has gotten better. Like, when they invented, or invented, then they brought around that pitch clock. Like, that was good. That was an improvement. And uh, the, the other, you know, the flair that comes into the Home Run Derby now made a great event even better. Home Run Derby. All-Star game itself? Uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. And it's gone from an era in which players it's not just that they wanted the respect of being in an all-star game it's that they wanted the money and i mean now i don't even know what the share is for the players it's you know pennies on the dollar of what they're getting on their actual salaries like even if it was twenty thousand dollars and like you make i think max scherzer makes something like a million dollars to start like these guys make tens of million dollar of dollars a year. What's another ten or twenty grand? Like you'd rather have a couple days off. It's like if I offered you fifty cents to come into work tomorrow. I, like let's say tomorrow's your day off. Like would you like to work on the weekend? 
No? Oh, come on, I'll give you 50 cents. Like, no, you, for 50 cents, you'd rather spend time with your family. And I think that's how uh, a lot of these guys look at it. I mean, I, I would, no, no judgment. Um, the, the pride, only so much. And um, it, to me, it's like, well, at least I'm looking at the athletes as being well-rounded now that they have you know, priorities and spending time with their family. Other sports that do their all-star games after the season, well, maybe there's something to be said for that, but baseball all-star game in the middle of the season, a break of several days, like that's that's beyond tradition. Like you don't mess with that. That's as much as, you know, three strikes and you're out or nine innings in a game. So I'm watching the all-star game, mostly like I don't even know half these guys, thinking back in an earlier era in which the players, like, yeah, they wanted the you know, 100 bucks or whatever it was they got for playing in an all-star game. And they used to play the game during the day, too. It was like national spotlight on these games. And some names that you'll recognize. Now, I have, and oh, I busted this out, too. I, I think I look at this every summer. I have a tape that I purchased, I'm sure my parents purchased, and had shipped to our house in six to eight weeks back in 1989. And the movie, it's about 26 minutes long. It's called Thrilling Moments in Baseball. It's basically little like YouTube clips before there was YouTube clips. You know what it is. It, it's basically like those uh, old newsreels that they used to show like before movies or between movies uh, when they used to show uh, double features. And it would be like two minutes of highlights of you know the Major League All-Star game. And on this tape, there's there's a feature on Babe Ruth, it, and then inexplicably the 1955, 56, and 57 All Star games, and then also even more inexplicably uh, the 1959 National League tiebreaker series, specifically the concluding game two between the Braves and the Dodgers. More on that later. Um, that. The names in this All-Star game, like the, the 55 All-Star game, which, by the way, was uh, took place in Milwaukee, which became a, a favorite baseball town of mine in retrospect after I read that book about, uh, I think the book is just called Bushville, um, about the story of the Milwaukee Braves. Home run in the game from Mickey Mantle and 12th inning home run from Stan Musial to win the game. Yeah, he's still batting. Mantle went two for six in the game, by the way. Like, Players were getting five and six at-bats in the game. Uh, you think that's good. The 1956 All-Star Game, which took down, took place down the street from me in uh, Griffith Stadium in Washington. Home runs, National League, Musial, Mays, American League, Mantle, and Williams. That would be Mickey Mantle and Ted Williams going back-to-back -back off Warren Spahn. Yes, you heard all those names correctly. All these guys playing in one game. Like, am I going to look back 50 years from now and have this same kind of, like, just awe and uh, respect for the, you know, the, the aura um, of the players in today's game? Looking back, are they on a level of a Willie Mays or a Ted Williams uh, who had so many all-star moments? I don't know. Uh, the the 57 game, by the way, Luberdet pitched four innings. Like, now you'd never let a pitcher pitch more than one. He pitched four innings. He didn't even start. He had four innings in the middle of the game. 
um, Lou Burdett, who starts that 59 game as well that I mentioned, ended up being the final game of the season for the Milwaukee Braves. They had won two pennants in a row, could have made it three, but they lost to the Dodgers in that three-game series, which is uh, detailed in that book I mentioned, uh, Bushville, story of the Milwaukee Braves. Um, that second game was Luberdet versus Don Drysdale. What a pitching matchup, right? And you think that's good. Sandy Koufax comes in that game in relief. Warren Spahn comes into that game in relief. And the Dodgers end up winning it. It was a day game, by the way. Imagine that now. Like, you're playing the games just for TV now. But National Spotlight was a game uh, that the whole country was watching in 1959. Um, As I said, I have those on VHS. And I love watching old video video games videotapes about old baseball games. I, from time to time, find myself watching these old games on YouTube. Or sometimes somebody puts together a slick version for me. You knew I was going to talk about this. The Captain. The Captain, as put together by the folks, fine folks at ESPN, on what I thought was going to be like a you know a one or two uh, episode series on the life and times of Derek Jeter. No, this is seven episodes uh, I have seen only the first one as of this moment, but I understand there will be six more of these things. Um, the Captain, Derek Jeter. And I had this on the blog too, by the way, that's michaelconnelljr.com. I've seen a million Derek Jeter shows and specials, documentaries, and games already. I've already seen all of his highlights. I already can tell you what, like, what his friends and coaches are going to say about him, I already know the lines. Like, I could do the quotes. Um, I'm still going to watch it. It's still going to be fantastic. I'm still going to love it. I probably will watch it multiple times. So that's what I'm checking out these days. There's there's some good things on TV these days uh, worth your time. More on that uh, future episodes of Math and Musings. And uh, keep up with the blog, MikeOConnellJr.com. It's like... It's like three times as good as the podcast. Not just that the uh, content is three times as good. You're getting it three times as often. Uh, Might not take you 15 minutes to read, but you're seeing it Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Friday, get the double dose of Mike O'Connell. You get uh, content at the website, and you have your 15-minute fix of Math and Musings. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed the program today. Tune in next week and every Friday for more math and more musings. For more information or to contact, go to MikeOConnellJr.com.